the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics and the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits includes, on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican, Henry Hatter. Good morning, Henry, and welcome back. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Hi, Henry. Hi, Paul. And last but not least, uh, joining our roundtable this week, East Village Magazine Consulting Editor Jan Worth Nelson. Good morning, Jan. Welcome. Good morning, Jan. Morning, everybody. Morning, Jan. uh, Can you hear me okay on this phone? Yes, I can. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, as I uh, always like to do, we'll uh, start out with uh, some quotes the first one being where i ask you how would you finish this quote and the quote is uh, goes like this voters don't decide issues they decide what how would you finish this quote mm. the who what why when and where they just they decide who decides issues that's it. You got it. <laughs> Somewhere I heard that. I'm not sure where. It, well, I'm going to tell you where. Voters don't decide issues. They decide who will decide issues. Yeah. And that, that came from George Will. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. 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 Oh, George. Well, a quote. It's smart. Well, here's a quote that got my attention this week. The presidential election was rigged and stolen, and because of that, our country is being destroyed. Oh, it's got to be Trump on his former, former President Trump. It was indeed. Former President Donald Trump returned to Michigan on Saturday night 
to boost support for two Republican candidates he wants to see elected as the state's chief law enforcement officer and election official, inserting himself into the nominating process three weeks before state GOP delegates endorsed their picks for down-ballot uh, races. Uh, beginning his speech about 7.30 p.m., Trump immediately attacked President Joe Biden and began hammering at claims that the 2020 election in the state was rife with fraud and corruption. How effective is keeping the 2020 election alive for the former president and his possible future ambitions? I'm thinking it, it, it helps him for the, maybe for the primary, for the, the Trump loyalists, but for the general election, I'm not so sure at all. I think that's fading. Yeah, I would, I would guess that too. I, <clears throat> if I had advised the president, former president, I would have asked him uh, not to raise the issue. But he can focus on inconsistencies. There was some inconsistencies, and he's right. You know, if anyone else tried to campaign on that election, wouldn't they be viewed as just sort of putting a spotlight on the fact that they lost that election? You'd think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, if it was anybody else, they would be treated like a loser. And yeah. frankly, in the in the end, it really wasn't all that close. I mean, there was a seven million vote spread between uh, uh, Trump and Biden uh, in in in, uh, in twenty. So it was not. It's partly it, 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 the it's partly the the consistency of the noise. Um, like as long as he keeps saying this powerfully over and over and over again, his uh, loyalists don't really have to question anything. They just go and have the same old rifts, you know, fed to them. Uh, and there's and there's not any questioning of it in those groups. So it seems to be working for him, but uh, it will be interesting to see because there is some movement among some of the Republicans to sort of tire of all of this. Well, and, and yeah, and <clears throat> one of the things I noticed about my communication from uh, the Republican Party National Committee is that um, his... Advertisements now include uh, a letter from the National Committee, at least a notation. So um, he cannot do anything without uh, sanction from, I mean, without support from the National Committee. Otherwise, uh, he would be less than credible. But the and National Committee has joined him and made him the, a part spokesman of the Republican Party. You know, I was struck, though, that there's a few days after the rally that Fred Upton threw in the towel for his re-election, and he was one yeah. of the few Republican critics that were still around. So, uh, yeah, he, he seemed within his right to argue where the inconsistency were and even where now, they could be proven. Now, I mean, yeah, where, where they could be. Well, it becomes old news, but, who, you know. Yeah. Now, now, wait a minute. Yeah. I want to I make sure I'm understanding this, Henry. Who has the right to say what? Uh, President Trump has the right to argue that there were inconsistencies. Okay. And those inconsistencies... I wanted to make sure that's what you meant be, and, and not something else that, that tied... No, down. no. This is, uh, if you look at it, for people who um, uh, do support the president and, and do have uh, 
problems with uh, some of the issues that he argues uh, have to be uh, somewhat uh, knowledgeable about what he's arguing. He's arguing that there were inconsistencies. Well, there are no Americans that would not say, very few at least, would not say that there were not inconsistencies in the voting behavior of American people, and they were proven. We can't have that in our country. Wait, wait a minute. They were proven? They were proven, yes. Henry? Yes. Well, again, Henry, like in a nation of 300 million people, 330 million people, you're going to have a few, well, this few is glitches that. here and there, but they were very And few. I always argue that. People are always yeah, going to cheat. They've been cheating since time and memorial. They will continue Henry, to cheat. But, yes. To make that his main campaign, though... No, I had a guy... No, I'm not saying to make it as a main campaign uh, focus, but I'm saying for us who believe that people do cheat, uh, we have to admit that there was a probability that people cheated and, in the selection. And that's one of the problems is you say that the election was illegitimate, that it was stolen because people cheated, and then you find a couple of examples of cheating, yes. and then that becomes proof. But all of the big investigations and the court cases yeah. determined that there wasn't enough of it to throw the election. And I got into a discussion with a guy yesterday who had written a book based on things that he believed the Bible said that apply to the USA today. It, it was a section of the Old Testament um, that was addressing the um, the fall of Israel. Ah. And he was comparing it to things that are going on in the U.S., making the point that it might fall. And one of the things that he talked about was liberals rigging the last election. Oh, my God. Mm. And I did told you find him, yourself challenging him? I did. Yeah. I said, uh, it's, well. it's been my experience that both sides cheat in an election and that elections okay. are decided by which side did it best this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And you're right in one sense. I mean, when when you take a look at the few examples that were found in this last election, there were some, a few. Uh, they were very bipartisan. I mean, there were as many Republicans who were caught doing something uh, cheating as there were Democrats. And, and again, it, none of it changed much in any in sense at all. But it was a very bipartisan process where you found those very few examples of somebody cheating. You know, I, I, I just hope that... Certainly didn't it certainly didn't skew the election. I mean, right. it's one thing to say everybody cheats. It's another thing to say the election was stolen. I, okay. I mean, that's a huge difference. Yes, and, I, I, and if I could, I, I'd like to just uh, add to that. We need in this country um, where Democrats and Republicans and independents and other interested folks with the knowledge to do this. We need a definition of what percentage of voters that can be estimated that would be acceptable to uh, to a sanctioned election. Is it a two sigma? Is it a three sigma? 
statistically, we can put a definition in it and that allows for that concept of cheating to go on, even though yeah. it's not permissible and it's not acceptable and we don't want it. But if in this case, like here, we don't argue if ever that the election was uh, cheated and it was stolen. But, but that's what we've, we've, but that's what we've always that's what we've always tried to do with um, oh what's the what's the um, the oh, the board of canvassers that's sort yeah. of their job yeah that, that's is their to main duty is to double check those things an election yeah. and say okay how many rules were broken you know how many yeah. uh, Ballots were spoiled. You know, I, right. um, to what degree? How how accurate is the outcome of this election? That's essentially their job, and we've always done that. Yeah, yeah. And, and in those cases where they found somebody cheating, the votes were not counted. I mean, they were not part of the final <laughs> vote tally. People were caught, and some were convicted, and some even faced criminal penalties. I believe in the process. So, it, except again, in, it's rare. Except in Chicago. But that was I was at the Trump rally. <laughs> Guys, I was at the Trump rally, and believe me, the rally had all kind of people there. They had skinheads, they had Ku Klux Klaners, they had black and white, they had men and women, rich and poor, all of this stuff. Was Trump was able to hold that diverse group together. And when he announced the black candidates, one was running against Meyer in, in Grand Rapids, and the other was the Secretary of State. Uh, <laughs> when well, you know, those came up, they got rousing ovations after they were introduced by Trump. What and after their statement. What does that suggest to you then? Pardon? What does that suggest to you? I guess that really nails well, it. To hold a group together so diverse uh, that we've oh. been saying that was dividing us. I don't and, know. If, you know Barry, if Barry Simon... Now, guys, the people that were there were mostly young people. Yeah. Those are the people who will guide this country 10 years and 20 years from now. They will oh, set the tone, God. the taste, and the style. Well, if we'll Barry Simon were here, he would attack the crowd. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, they, did and you see the way he beat, he beat up on Meyer with his name? I mean, Meyer. My yeah. when I was uh, <laughs> good grief, I, I, I happened to catch uh, early this morning. Um, there was a, a piece on the on the morning uh, news about the Cardassians, and and I heard a statistic that came to mind as Henry was describing this uh, Trump audience. The combined members of the Cardassian family have topped a billion viewers for their, <laughs> oh, for, for mm-hmm. their Twitter, you know, and their my, social media. My question outreach. is why? <laughs> why? why? Yeah. <laughs> what are they famous yeah. for? <laughs> Being famous? <laughs> well, yeah. and, so, and that's, I, and actually, Paul, you just touched on the very point I was trying to make. Yeah, Trump, Trump is, you know, he's the P.T. Barnum. Of American politics, exactly, exactly, and, yeah. and of yeah, he course is. he can draw a crowd and convince them of almost anything. Does that mean he's who I want to be president? I'm not sure, Henry. Well, I, yeah. you know, we're, we're just 
talking about the issue. Everybody uh, hey, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom What are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, attorney general stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So, listen. We just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards, and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam? Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. 
I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Armchair Politics continues on the Tom Sumner program with our roundtable regulars, uh, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Jane Worth Nelson. And, Henry, it's great to have you back. I can't believe I, I had to cut you off at the very first break. I'm accustomed to that now, <laughs> <laughs> and I probably deserve it. <clears throat> but I, I'd like to just conclude one last uh Message to that last uh, yeah. point that you were making. Um, I noticed that Trump, now generally when black Americans come to the podium, they are generally subservient. And what Republicans in the uh, been in the party for a long time call warmed over Democrats who would come in to the Republican Party to show how they could stand up to the system. But these two individuals, Mr. Uh, Griggs, uh, from, that's running against uh, Meyer, and uh, the Secretary of State candidates, were well-credentialed, well-positioned, and they had credibility of their own. They had worked for, one of them had worked for Silicon Valley, and uh, he was uh, picked out by President Trump to work in the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. So um, he was well-credentialed. The, the lady that's running for Secretary of State, um, she is articulate, well-spoken, courageous, and she says the thing that it sometimes may in, infuriate blacks or infuriate whites. Hey, I got a, I got a quick. Don't, don't you get the? I will say, don't you get the feeling, Henry, that Trump is just trying to purge the Republican Party of anybody who's not a pro-Trumper? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost like there's a Trump Party and a Republican Party, and I'm thinking the Republican Party is is losing in this thing. Uh, it's, it's becoming the, the Trump Party well, because along those lines, let me let me ask all of you this. I'm not sure if I don't know what the the answer is. Obviously, it, I. I want to start having the Republican candidates for governor on the show. They would like to come. They've already contacted me. But the, They want to get on the Tom Sumner show. And I want to start scheduling <laughs> them. There's, what, a dozen of them? Yeah. A dozen or 13. At there? least. <laughs> okay, so there's a yeah. baker's dozen uh, yeah. Republicans. But will they still be viable after this endorsement convention? In two weeks. Oh, good question. Well, these—that's a good question. So I've been, yeah. I, you know, and Henry, if you are asked, you can tell people that I've been waiting until after that okay. convention. Um, but I do want to start scheduling them. Um, it's and I have a list of the of the names, and I've checked to see how I would contact them, and I, you know, I pretty much know how to get a hold of all of them. Um, but I. I didn't want to start and find out that the Republicans were putting all their eggs in one basket after this uh, convention. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of a new thing that both parties are doing these endorsement conventions. Democrats have got theirs coming up this Saturday. <clears throat> and it, it's a little unusual. I'm not sure how far back it goes, but it's relatively recent that both parties have started doing these 
early endorsement conventions before their summer, their traditional summer convention. I, I think it goes back about a decade, Paul. Yeah, that sounds about right. And and well, the idea is that they want to get behind somebody early so that they can raise enough money, build up enough of a, 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 a an organization to be successful running against, uh, especially when they're running against an incumbent. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you raised a good question there. Well, these endorsements amount to much. But just say, what what if these two candidates that President Trump brought up the state, they're both black candidates, not that they had to be, but if what if they won that primary? What if they were... They were nominated in the uh, state convention. Now they're on the ballot. That means that Trump's influence will be given the credit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. It's just becoming the Trump party. I mean, you're, you're seeing, like I say, almost a purge of the Republican Party because Trump took out after all the, uh, I think there was a line I saw that uh, in terms of the, the, the folks who voted to, to impeach Trump, Trump something said like there's four down, six to go. Of the Republican, of the ten Republicans, so he's he's really taken out after the, the the non-Trump or the anyone but Trump Republicans. It's it really is purging the party, and you're seeing people like Upton who, you know, were much more moderates leaving the party because they just don't feel like they're home at home there anymore. And we'll see what happens to Meyer. Uh, ironically, what could happen to Meyer is that if <laughs> if the Trump candidate wins in that area, it, it may give it that the district to the Democrats with well, a new district that's a Democrats have got a chance in Grand Rapids for the first time in a long while, and yeah. it's a possibility. Yeah. You know, I'm <clears> thinking <throat> about that opening quote that you used, Tom, about um, about the, you know, that opening quote. Voters we're don't about? decide issues; they decide who yeah. will decide <clears throat> issues. Yeah, and you know what? What to me is weird about that quote. We all agreed that that was, you know, very true. But in this case, it's really not about policy it's about a person and a lie i mean you know you know where i stand on this strongly and and i just feel like that's the essence of this change that's happened to the republican party and and for me uh the idea that somebody who is endorsing the idea that the election was stolen would be an attorney general or a uh or a Secretary of State is just chilling to me. So, uh, and yet it's uh, already I mean, Henry, happening. You know, you know where I stand it's yes, already it happening, Jan, in, in states yeah. around the country. Yeah, there's a concerted yeah. effort to, to, to elect those folks to the well, Secretary of State positions or similar things around the nation. Well, I, Now, yeah. the former President Trump, uh, uh, he, whether he's dominant in the United States is not yet decided. He's got to get right. these two people endorsed in Michigan, and he's got to he's got to go down to Georgia and pick up that candidate uh, that's a football player. Um, oh, yeah. Right, uh, for sure. Walker, yeah, Walker. Walker. yeah. Walker. Now yeah. that will really say something. Uh, but even if uh, Herschel Walker doesn't win, but the very fact that he came out of the convention and uh, like these two people in Michigan, those are powerful statements. They, they, those are powerful yeah. messages. But we don't know how they'll come out. And anything, you can believe that nature will have it right in the end. <laughs> that nature? Not human beings. 
<laughs> well, let's uh, let's uh, let's move on. I'm getting a little behind yeah. here. Uh, there's another quote that caught my attention this uh, past week. I think the violence that has become normalized in our society does a disservice to every one of us. We settle our differences in America at the ballot box, and that's how it should be. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin. I <laughs> know. Uh, um, I was almost thinking of the Flint School Board with that, but next night that's not very likely. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, no, I really well, don't know. I, I'm not sure. No, I don't want to leave you hanging. That was Governor Whitmer. She talked about the case oh. against four oh. men accused of plotting to kidnap oh, yeah. her on Thursday oh, yeah. while she was yeah. in Flint. The case reached an important point Friday as prosecutors and defense attorneys finished closing arguments. Um, an interesting sidebar here is that the uh, the jurors requested transcripts of the <laughs> of the trial yesterday <laughs> in their deliberations, and they were tu- and they were turned down. I was surprised to hear that. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, only that, and, and the judge made sure to tell people it's because it's not done. It's just oh, not. Okay. It's just yeah. not been done, and so that's why he. That's why he turned it down. But I have to ask, and and that's actually an important uh, sidebar there to this question, how precedent-setting will the outcome of this trial be? Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Yes. Mm. We're going to let them off the hook because they were all drunk and stoned, so poor baby. Yeah. Yeah, I. But the the, the, the real criminals the need to be rooted out. We don't need those kind of people exonerated in a free and democratic society. If they no, did that something that was illegal, they need to be. Uh, the country needs justice. Well, yeah. you know, I I chuckled a little myself when I was reading about that exchange over the transcript of the trials because I, I couldn't help thinking if I was a juror, I'd want a copy of the transcript just just to keep track of some of the ridiculous things I Oh, heard. I know. I say it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. As, as I was hearing some of that, it was like Larry Moen Curley want to kidnap a governor. I mean, some of these yeah. goofy plans uh, mm. were just bizarre. Well... Well, you know, after after they get cited or caught or finger pointed, uh, everybody wants to move in a different direction. So, you know, uh, there was no honor among these thieves. No. No, there wasn't. Hmm. And as I say, maybe the strangest thing is that in many ways, Michigan may have been kind of the, uh, the rehearsal for January 6th. I mean, so many things that happened here. Uh, both with that governor's kidnapping plot and the 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 uh, events around the Capitol in, in Lansing, were almost at a rehearsal for what happened on January sixth. Yeah, it really played out that way, didn't it? A little yeah. bit, a little bit. Well, former Flint Mayor Floyd J. McCree, who helped lead the fight for fair housing in Flint and who served as the first black mayor of a major metropolitan city, has become a permanent fixture on the front lawn of City Hall. City and community <laughs> leaders unveiled a bronze statue of McCree shown with one hand in his suit jacket and another by his side in a ceremony uh, Monday. Um is it about time? 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's very, very, <laughs> nice, uh, very nice event. Very, to put the statue there, I think. That uh, whole effort was started by at Joe Rundle's home on yeah. the 6th of, of uh, August in 2017. Wait, was Joe the one who did And I was the there, and I was the chairman of the committee. Oh, okay. Wow. Was Joe Rundle the, the one who did the statue, Henry? Do you know? Yes. Him? Yes. He was. Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, I was so pleased. Yes. And that, that, that statue looks just like Floyd. Huh. Uh, have you taken a look at it? Yeah. I haven't been down yeah. there yet. I've only seen yeah, the pictures, it, it, and I don't think the pictures were very good. I plan to go down and see yeah. it soon. Yeah. And it's sitting right in front of it. You know how the flags, the right. statue of flags that are displayed there? He's sitting in the middle of that, uh. closer to the sidewalk. <coughs> you know yeah, what? I, drove, I drove out there that evening when the, the rain held back a little bit and got a look at it. What's and I was very Henry proud is. to do this. For, oh, uh, thank you, Henry. Thank you. I, I was so there. proud. I was there. Yeah. And they gave me special seating. Um, I, I had several interviews. Uh, by radio and TV, yeah. and uh, I was proud to say that about Floyd McCree and about what Neely has done for the city of Flint and what he continues to try to do to bring people together. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, it's so it's so great to have occasionally to have things like that that are just excellent, beautiful aspects of Flint's history with all of the notoriety that we're always grappling with and you know that's that whole story about floyd mccree's role in in flint and in the and it was the housing crisis i think he didn't he or the housing uh and yeah. he, first he first city of this size to uh pass fair housing yeah um, fair housing, in yeah. fact isn't there there's a uh, a state agency um uh oh civil rights uh Yes, there's an agency uh, that uh, oversees that, yeah. uh, but I can't call the name of it. It's it Open House. Civil, right, civil Rights. The Not Civil the Rights Commission. Commission. Yeah, the Civil Rights Commission. Yeah. Was yeah. founded in Flint. Oh, yeah. wow. And then oh, moved to Lansing. And um, cool. Flint was the uh, first city to name a street after Caesar Chavez. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Now, guys, what what, what happened... Well, we had these meetings over there. Uh, we had some judges there, and we had uh, and a, a number of names came up, credible names. Uh, like the first one was Reuben Burke, and Reuben Burke was uh, an incredible candidate yeah. mm-hmm. because he, he had done so COVID. much. Pardon? And he just died of COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last so year, early in the early, early in the pandemic, one of the first people came up. And in, then, in what context, Henry? Because. I understand the idea of having Floyd McCree recognized at City Hall. Yes. Yeah. Um, but was there was was this committee looking to find uh, black leaders from Flint to recognize, well, and <laughs> Floyd got picked, and then it became the City Hall, or because I would think Reuben Burke would be an <laughs> excellent choice. But would belong at one of the of the UAW uh, halls. Yeah, at one of the yeah. UAW uh-huh. halls, or at least one of the labor monuments. But but guys, there was a lot of dialogue over that, and uh, yeah. there was Fred Tucker, 
There was oh, Johnny yeah. Tucker. There was Dr. Young. And uh, there were many of them. But in the last analysis, uh, the flag tipped in the direction of Floyd McCree. Uh-huh. And uh, we, the only thing that we could not overcome was putting together the package uh, to get it funded. So finally, Joe and I went to the new mayor, McCree, um, uh, Neely, and we asked him to consider uh, this because the statute had, the prototype had already been made and uh, was ready for the foundry. And Mayor Neely took this on his own wing and oh. cultivated the process to bring oh. that to realization. That's cool. Yeah. So is it funded by the city then? No, it's funded by independent dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's funded there's by, a foundation. by what? There's a foundation. There's a McCree Foundation. <clears throat> there's a, and you can give to oh. the McCree Foundation by just dialing the, uh, the city hall or some other oh. way. The, uh, sick, okay. uh, or dialing one of the McCree fa- members of the McCree family. But best would probably go through the city hall. They can advise you on where to give to the foundation. Well, but I mean, that was I mean, one. Now, we are still looking for a woman. Now, this was Joe's idea. He says, Henry, uh, we put up many, many white Americans along Saginaw Street that built this town, made us who we are. Brought uh, the um, brought equal wages to all people who worked for General Motors Corporation. This is our town, the arsenal of democracy. But there's not a woman out there. There's not a black there. It doesn't look like the community. Oh. That, well, this was Joe's argument, and so we put it into practice. And we, finally, you know, Henry, Henry, we had a story in East Village a while back about. Uh, another sculptor who had done a, a number of, of famous women in the Flint area, and I, I'm not quite sure where those statues are going to go. I think they were proposed for the new library, but I'm yes. not certain what, right. if that's going to happen or not. Uh, she did the two statues there on either side of McCree there uh, that sits on the lawn uh, oh, uh, of the uh, automobile workers. She yeah, did those okay. statues. Yeah. She's from Grand Blank uh, originally. I'm trying to give her name right now. I'm, I, I think I might have done part of that story. I'm trying to think what her name was. Uh. Well, let me uh, let me move on. Um, something you brought up a little earlier, Paul, and and I want to see if we've got time to squeeze this in before the break. A Flint Board of Education member has been charged with assault and battery and disorderly conduct after allegedly attacking a fellow board member at a meeting in March. Danielle Green, who was board president at the time of the incident, was charged by the Flint City Attorney's Office on Monday. According to district court records, Green is accused of attacking fellow board member Laura McIntyre, who has since filed a personal protection order against Green. McIntyre said she was treated for concussion symptoms after the incident. The alleged attack took place at a finance committee meeting on the morning of March 23rd in the district's administration building. McIntyre alleges that Green stood up and approached her before physically assaulting her. 
Flint School Board members held an emergency meeting later that day to strip Green of her board presidency and elect new board officers. However, since she is an elected official, she could not be fully removed from the board. If convicted of a felony, Green automatically loses her seat on the Board of Education Board Council. Sharice Lee said at the emergency meeting, since she was charged by the city, both are misdemeanor charges. Do you think there's more to this story than we're hearing? Hmm. Like what, for example? Well, let, I, let me just say that all so far, all of the accounts have indicated that Danielle Green, completely unprovoked, got up in a meeting and attacked Laura McIntyre. That is so dramatically out of character for Danielle Green. Yeah. That I have to think there was some precipitating comment or and it may yeah, have been something yeah, well, that someone else said that she mistook for being Laura McIntyre. I, I'm just I'm just asking do you, like me, think there's more to this story than we're hearing? <laughs> I would like, you know, there were something like, weren't there something like 10 witnesses at, that were at that meeting? Well, my understanding was that it was a um, a committee of the whole. Yeah. Right. So the entire school board was there, <laughs> at least, yeah. and it was an open meeting. Right. I saw in one story, I saw some reference to the fact that there was some kind of an anti-gay element to that. And I don't know much more beyond a couple of lines I saw in the story. But uh, there was a, a reaction against McIntyre as being gay. Uh, again, maybe someone knows more details than I know. Uh, huh. Yeah, you know, that, but still, a person in a position of trust must contain his or her demeanor. Uh, that is a given, and you can't get out of it. Uh, you and, I'm not, and, and by raising the question of provocation, I am not trying to excuse that choice of conduct. I agree no, with no, you. That's a good question. I agree with you. I know where you're going with that. And search yeah, my I, mind to find out who that person you are trying to target. And I think I know or whatever, but I'll I mean, just leave it at that. It's, it's tricky. That's a kind of tricky thing. Um, you know, it's like Chris Rock told a joke. So was that enough yeah. of a provocation to justify what Will Smith did? Um, you know, in the, in the women's movement era, uh, there was always this horrible conversation about, well, if a woman got hit, she would, um, he deserved it. I mean, there, there were some, there were some, there was there used to be some belief that you know a woman deserved it because of what she did and yeah. and and mm. and it's that whole realm of what comes before an act of violence is really is very tricky. This one is painful. I I, I mean um, that you know Danielle Green and Laura McIntyre I understand had had a very contentious relationship uh, up until that moment. But I would like to know what the antecedents were. I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not saying that it's in any way justifying what happened. Uh, but it would help to have the whole story. You know, I, I, missed, I missed Chris Rock's joke. Now, 
under no circumstances do I condone Will Smith's behavior. Yeah. But I do want to yeah. hear the joke. But but I both mean, men were in a position of trust. It was kind of a lame joke under any conditions. And, you know? it, yeah. I mean, it wasn't funny. It was, yeah. he was just saying she looked like G.I. Jane. Yeah. Or he was saying, I'm looking forward to her in G.I. Jane 2, which was offensive, Hello, I guess. Citizens. Hey, we've got to take a break. We'll be right back. I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque riverway. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wanky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Cloth or disposable? Paint or wallpaper? Yellow or green? Babies come with lots of decisions. Crib or bassinet? Rocker or glider? So when it comes to protection against diseases, go with the safest, most effective choice vaccination to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases like measles meningitis and whooping cough that's why nearly all parents choose it stroller or carriage basketball or soccer so get all the recommended vaccinations for your baby by age two for more reasons to vaccinate talk to your child's doctor Go to cdc.gov slash vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. Justin or Justine. Immunizations help give you the power to protect your baby. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hey, why are we stopping? We're going to be late for the show. Mom, Dad, we got to get gas. Not here, you're not. This place is charging an arm and a leg. Look. 
These days, price swings of 30 or 40 cents per gallon aren't unusual, but when a gas station charges a price way above the price at similar stations, that could be gas gouging. Michigan gas stations sell the correct quality and quantity of gas most of the time, but when a station does try to illegally take advantage of drivers, my office is here to stop them. Stop attorney generaling! We got a concert to get to! I hope she doesn't sit next to us. Narc. This is Attorney General Dana Nessel. If you have information about potential gas gouging, call my office or go online at michigan.gov slash ag. Put those away. We're at a gas station. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue with armchair politics on the Tom Sumner program. And uh, this time we uh, actually, um, I, I'm having such a good time ta- <laughs> talking today that I keep forgetting to watch the clock and we keep crashing into the automated brakes. This, this time I got to pick on Jan. <laughs> Last time it was Henry. Um, but uh, but in the meantime, Jan sent me a note um, that she had looked up the, the name of the artist, uh, the woman who had done the the pieces. Paul, apparently you should have remembered this because you wrote the story for That's each right. of the magazine. <laughs> Let's see, who have I got here? Uh, it was Jane Trotter. Jane Trotter, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane. Yeah. And she and yeah, the government started a fundraising campaign in 2019 for what they called the heroines and humanitarians. humanitarians. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> we took pictures at the FIA as they were doing the models for the for the statue. Right, right. <laughs> and they had picked one, two, three, four, five, six. There were six women that they made sculpt that they sculpted, and uh, they were they finished them and they unveiled them at one of the Civil Awards uh, things. Yeah, that's right. And last I last I heard, there was some debate about where to put them. Whether they were going to go right. downtown or whether they're going to be at the library. Um, I, I don't know what the final decision was. <coughs> right. I think they got uh, delayed by the pandemic because they were talking about coordinating with the 100th anniversary of the founding of the League of Women Voters, February 2020. Yeah, that's right. And then during Women's History Month of March of 2020, of course, everything was going crazy then. So I, and, I don't know. And, and this, this artist had uh, studied uh, architecture in Europe and other places around the world. So she was considered one of the great uh, sculptors in the community and right. probably and, in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, uh, a, but, she's a really interesting woman. Jane, I want to go back just for a minute and just put, add a little bit of um, closure on the last uh, <coughs> statement you made about women. <clears throat> what about the women when they were yeah. uh, flourish when they were horrible, rising? Yeah, <coughs> horrible and, thing that used to be said. Yes, and, and I'd like to say this: I remember that because. Uh, the policeman was at the forefront of making that when women were raped <clears throat> and they were fired from their neighborhood. He said, you know, the, the irony it. is, and, and I know uh, what Jan is referring to, because, you know, I'm old enough to remember those, those 
kinds of comments. Yeah. And very often it was uh, associated with sexual assaults. And that yeah. somehow women right. had, uh, been, asked for it. had asked for it because of the way they dressed. Right. And the <laughs> irony is, if you look back on it with, you know, a bigger lens, men were designing the clothes. <laughs> That's true. Oh, it's so complicated. <laughs> it's so complicated. Because, I mean, for me as a, as a feminist in the 70s, I was raised to also think, this is so controversial, and it's so hard to even say out loud, that I am responsible for my own behavior, right? Yes. And that I have to stand up for myself, and I have to behave um, in, a, in a mature and responsible way. And if that turns to I'm, I'm at fault for being raped, that's another matter. But, you know, it, it's always been difficult for me to try to square my uh, things that I learned as a feminist early on, that I'm responsible for my behavior, I can make my own choices, etc. And so I have to be careful that I don't become implicated in something bad that happens to me that's done by a man. Let's say. I mean, I, it's really tricky to talk about. Hmm. You know, and I thought about my, my wife, my daughter, uh, my, um, my mother, and stuff like that. If the police deemed them to be guilty for being somewhere else uh, without some investigation, uh, that put them all women in danger. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm yeah. glad that you fought for that and got it right. Well, I mean, it's just it's just tricky. Like it's it's always it's sort of like you know how my the ta- the one tattoo that I have on my body is a semicolon. And the significance of that to me continues to be there's always more to the story. There's always going to be another part of the sentence, you know. There's going to be another part of the story. And uh, so often that's the case, that if we put the period in the sentence too soon, we may have missed something important. And And understanding the chain of behaviors is really important. And at the risk of... Not that that Laura McIntyre would be at fault for what Danielle Green did, but it does help when you're trying to assess the situation. Well, if you're trying to put it in, when somebody acts in a way that's contrary to your expectation, yeah, it, it makes you curious about the motivation of it. Yeah. And and I can't and I, help but wonder because Danielle Green has been on my show several times. I've met her, I've yeah. talked to her. I you know, I I I like her very much. I respect her a great deal. Yeah. And and this is a woman who has written children's books and read to kids yeah. in schools and you know, she's done all the right stuff. And yeah. then all of a sudden, she but, does you know, this real you can't, bonehead the, thing. Uh, you can't with a camera on you in the eyes of the world. But you, you do wonder if there's more to the story, as yeah. Tom said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, and but, and but, that's really what I was trying to bring up. I, yeah, I think and, you, and you're right. You're I think right. there's more to the story than we've <clears throat> yes. heard and that we, you know, that, that we need to keep our ear on this story as it, plays out because eventually it won't be a headline anymore and that's when we'll get the real answers unfortunately did Um, did anybody wonder why it's a misdemeanor 
because they they were it was charged by the city attorney and not uh, county. And, and why was and why did the city attorney do it? Um, I I think they were. I think they were the first agency to respond, or perhaps they yeah. were contacted because it was the the city board of edu or the Flint board of education. They felt that it was a Flint thing, a city thing. Yeah. I I don't yeah, know, Jan. But, but just the, Flint yeah. the Flint board has its own system of attorneys. Oh, school right, district right. I was a little curious And and that, that that does raise raise a question. Uh, and at by, what point does an assault be, become a felony? I mean, uh, well, it's by I, definition. I just, if you've uh, it'd be up to the up to the yeah. local the Tennessee County prosecutor to decide where the lines are drawn, and and, and I think I'm not even sure that it's because the city is charged that that would automatically bar the state from taking action. I mean, <laughs> I can I can imagine a case where a state charges might supersede. Some local charges. I mean, I, again, I don't know yeah. the, the legal details to that, but I suspect it's possible. Yeah. The whole thing is painful, isn't it, friends? Yes, it is. Yeah, particularly it really is. when you got very strange students. Story. Particularly when you got students, the te the, the people whose lives you I hope know. to influence and yeah. change, are is watching this this play out in real life. And considering and the image of the about. Flint School District in terms of what's yeah. happening to it, you know, and know. losing students like crazy and yeah. financial yeah. issues and all that, it's, this certainly doesn't help. And I finding good teachers to come into the classroom, that will right, make up. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had heard uh, partly that the, part of the conflict earlier between Danielle Green and Laura McIntyre had to do with disagreements about this proposed MOU with the Mott Foundation and their partnership that was being proposed. Uh -huh. um, and that uh, Laura McIntyre, I think, in the past has been quite opposed to any taking anything from the Mott Foundation. Uh, I'm not sure if I have her position exactly right, but I, I know that she strongly critiqued the whole notion of the influence of the of the Mott Foundation in the community. And uh, and I think there's there has been some disagreement about that. And so if an incident like this happens, um, I, I understand that the Mott Foundation has representatives at every school board meeting. Their willingness to participate in supporting the district is certainly going to be influenced by the way that things play out in situations like this. It's like, do you really want to invest in, um, in giving a board that's in disarray like this uh, millions of dollars? If they're yeah. committing assault, that, that's my that's concern true. too. Yeah. That's my concern. Yeah, remember, remember early on with that memo of understanding, the Mott Foundation pulled back on their money yeah. briefly. Yeah, and then yeah. they reinstated. Well, it, it was true. just such a strange week in the news, and I commented last week, and I think maybe once on the show since then, that you know, as I was looking at some of these things, looking at the Flint City Council and its behavior as being questioned by the Ethics and Accountability Board, and oh, yeah, I yeah. turn on the Senate hearings and I see, yeah. you know, Ted Cruz, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> accusing babies of yeah. being racist, yeah. and, you know, I, I, I see this investigation going on in into um, Chatfield, and, you know, there's just all this this weird stuff going on so i thought well i'm just going to i'm going to relax i'm going to kick back and watch the oscars yeah <laughs> uh, 
What's a girl oh, up there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, then you got an earful. Yeah, there's just you know yeah. you just can't catch a break. But no. but unfortunately, I I do have to catch this one because I'm you know I'm I'm over two so far. <laughs> okay. Um, but we have a break here at the top of the hour to uh, for show ID and so on, and then we'll be back with the second half of Armchair Politics with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki on the left and Henry Hatter on the right, joined by uh, Jan Worth Nelson from East Village Magazine. So by all means, stay tuned, and we have lots more. We haven't even made it to Lansing yet, and we've still got uh, that in Washington to go. So stay tuned. More ahead. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. Tom Sumner. 